0: Less than two days from midnight Friday and the close of our fiscal year. I'm Charles Morris with Haven Today. Your prayers, your friendship, your support, all are welcomed. Whether it's a hundred or a thousand or whatever you can send will be used by the Lord to continue this ministry, encouraging listeners to hang on to grace, God's grace, all for Jesus. First and foremost, we have a $100,000 challenge match, so you're giving us even more. Pray about how you can partner with us to share the great story. I'll tell you how to contact us in a moment, but now let's start the program. Daytime naps. They're important for young children, especially if they're in a foul mood, but there is good news for adults as well. A new study out suggests that brief napping may be helpful for keeping the brain healthy. Two universities conducted a study on over 35,000 participants, ages 40 to 69. Researchers found that brief napping among adults could protect against brain shrinkage. Brain shrinkage occurs naturally as one ages, but can be accelerated among those with cognitive problems and a disease such as Alzheimer's. While it is not a practice that guarantees one won't have cognitive issues as we age, this study confirms the importance of sleep. It's good for you, your health, from head to toe. The Bible teaches us that we were made for work, but also for rest. This is the pattern that God himself practiced in Genesis 1 and 2. So let us work hard and honor the Lord, but don't forget to rest and to worship him. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus as we continue a series this week on this Wednesday called In the Footsteps of Paul. We heard from a listener who enjoyed our program and said she had never thought about how many miles Paul walked to share the gospel. Do you recall how many I said? We talked about it yesterday. Some estimate 10,000 miles. Paul was a man on a mission. And his story is one of radical conversion and devotion to Jesus Christ, the very one he sought to persecute. In these minutes together, we'll hear again from the executive producer of a documentary originally presented on the BBC following the footsteps of Paul. And we'll also hear in a moment from the documentary where host David Suchet discovers a rare location where few have ever been. I'm David Suchet, and I'm on a journey
1: around the Mediterranean, following in the footsteps of a man who, 2,000 years ago, travelled more than 10,000 miles around the Roman world on foot, and many, many more by sea. But if there ever was an historical character I've longed to play, it is Paul. So for me, this is a very personal quest. I could look like that. What do you think? A little bit. A little bit. I'll be seeking out clues in the places he visited, deciphering new evidence from the latest archaeological research and meeting expert witnesses from around the region to help me uncover this remarkable man hidden within the pages of the New Testament.
0: That's how the two-part documentary called In the Footsteps of St. Paul begins. As you watch, it'll feel like you're walking in some of the same places as the Apostle. From Jerusalem to modern Syria to Europe, this DVD is like a vacation that'll bring you great spiritual blessing. And Haven Today is the only one offering this DVD here in North America. You can't find it anywhere else. So after the program, I'd like to invite you to make your fiscal year-end gift to help us reach our budget goal by Friday. You can make your tax-deductible gift at haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. Or call us at 800-65-HAVEN. 800-65-HAVEN. And not to forget, we have that challenge match of $100,000. So your gift will go further when you give right now. And now let's open the program with Matt Redmond, the same Jesus.
2: This Jesus. today
0: song is called The Same Jesus, opening Haven Today by Matt Redman, and a program called In the Footsteps of Paul. On our Monday program, we spent all day talking with the executive producer for In the Footsteps of Paul, Ray Bruce. Ray is a Christian, and told me he really loves using the medium of film to share the story of Christianity. I'd like you to hear a little more about some of his favorite parts of the documentary, and then a special moment where David Suchet was moved as he followed in the footstep of his hero, Paul the Apostle.
3: And David really, well, he knew a lot about Paul anyway by the time he got, to, I mean, as he knows a lot about the Bible. He was fascinated with the character of Paul. And it was quite by chance that some of the images of Paul that, that were discovered on all looked like David. <laughs> If it had a little beard on him. Anyway, that's was... A bit a, a, a,
0: a little moustache. Yes, exactly, yes, exactly.
3: Exactly. Exactly. I looked like this. And there was, a, was it Ephesus? There was a cave in Ephesus that had a picture.
0: I think, yes. Paul. Uh, oh, uh, yes, the, that's right. The, the, the yes.
3: That like Paul. And, and, and David was very... You know, I look like them. So w- one of the places was a monastery in Thessalonica. And uh, um, one of the monks showed David a traditional site where St. Paul gave his first sermon in Europe.
1: Inside the monastery, one of the monks had a surprise for us.
3: And that moved him tremendously.
1: So, where are we? What is...?
3: This is the oldest part of uh, the Monastery, where the tradition says that here preached for the first time St. Paul
1: to the people of Thessalonica. Wow! He actually preached here, right in this. Uh, this is the place. spot. This spot. That's amazing. Doesn't that mm. put shivers up mm. your back? Mm. This chapel was erected. Yes, because Paul yes. actually spoke here. Yes, I mean that is quite extraordinary. It gives you a kind of material connection.
3: It's that kind of physical contact with the man himself. Because another thing about David that was absolutely crucial as to why I thought he would work and why he wanted to work is as an actor and as a character actor playing, you know, taking on the role of another person. What it demands is a tremendous research. You've got to, you've got to try and get under the skin mm-hmm. of the character.
1: Paul's letters were written to specific churches, but crucially, they were also copied and shared between communities, carrying his message and voice around the Roman world. So, would you put this down for me? Yes, of course. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male or female, For you are all one, in Christ Jesus. And that actually is a quote from one of Paul's letters. And that is how he actually wrote them. He didn't pick up a quill, dip it in ink, and write on a piece of paper or papyrus. No, he dictated them to a scribe. So what we have, when we actually read Paul's letters, are his actual spoken words, his chosen vocabulary, his sweep of sentences, his energy. And that tells me so much about Paul the man.
3: Again, one of the things that we used in the programme, which was the truth, that as an actor, in order to uh, play a role, you've got to try and understand that person the best you can. And Mm -hmm. so that's what he did. He studied... He, uh, but he wasn't like that's why he wasn't the kind of prof- professorial. You know, I now know this. I'm now going to tell you this. It was basically he was searching for that information that right. were, would empower him to be, you know, to be the act, if he was ever to act Saint
1: Paul. Something to remember about the letters, which might interest you as an actor, David, is that they were written and they were designed to be read out loud in congregations and in community context. So we actually have his spoken word. Yes, I, I do think we are capturing the voice we have in the letters. Captured the voice of Paul, but it, it was illuminating, and you
3: and you got a sense that it really surprised him. You know, he didn't know this <laughs> stuff,
4: and I think
3: all those elements are being challenged, being surprised. As you say, it, it's you know, it's a kind of human response. It's not a you know academic thing or you know teaching or, or, or you know in, in, in that kind of i'm telling you stuff it's discovering stuff with the viewer mm-hmm. which i
0: yeah.
3: think worked
0: well this is haven today and i'm charles morris and that was ray bruce who was the executive producer for the dvd we just heard a couple of snippets from and that we're offering exclusively this week on Haven Today. It's called In the Footsteps of Paul. Now let's go back to the beginning, when Paul was first named Saul. The world would change as a Jewish man met up with a Jewish man. Saul, a Pharisee meeting Jesus on the way to Damascus to crush Christianity. The book of Acts opens with the resurrection following the crucifixion. Chapter 1, verse 3, after his suffering, he presented himself to the disciples and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. Jesus appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about God's kingdom. He even ate with them. The big picture is offered before the little picture of one man, Saul, trying to take the lives of Christians, yet instead on a Roman road to Syria, he was blinded, struck down, visited, saved by the Lord Jesus Christ. He became one of those he sought to destroy. The implications of the resurrection, the ascension, the arrival of the Holy Spirit speak to us today as they did to Saul, who became Paul. What a hard matter to accept in the first century and still today, the resurrection. Saul, who became Paul, grew up as a Jew in a Roman city named Tarsus, He moved to Jerusalem as a young man with promise to study Torah, becoming a Pharisee himself. Saul, who became Paul, was from Tarsus, as I said. He was formally trained as a Jew, but thoroughly knowledgeable as a Roman, who knew about the gods of Rome and ancient Greece. If you were an old Greek believer and you believed in the old Greek gods, you knew that when you died, you went down deep to the underworld." You didn't want to come back into this world. From Homer to Sophocles, people knew in those days that when you died, you stayed dead. You couldn't reverse death. And not only was it impossible, but they didn't want to come back with a physical body. It was repugnant. If you were a classical Greek and you believed in Plato, and of course Plato believed that the soul is contained in the prison of the body, and then at death, the beautiful soul was liberated from the body. You didn't want to come back and come as a reembodied person. That was the last thing you would want. If you were an Epicurean, you had sort of a primitive evolutionary view that life was made of atoms, that gods never intervened. Bodily resurrection? Ridiculous. And if you were Jewish you likely believed that there was going to be a resurrection at the last day of all God's people when God brings the great restoration of the world, unless you were a Sadducee, and then you didn't believe much at all, really. But the idea that one person should be raised not just at the end of the world, but one person should be raised back now in history, and particularly a person who had been crucified under the Romans as a criminal, utterly preposterous and here's my point neither the disciples nor the jewish public nor the pharisees like saul who became paul not even the greco-roman world was hoping or expecting that someone would rise from the dead so the resurrection of jesus was so shocking and so stunning and so beyond comprehension god was taking a world that was decaying and through the resurrection restoring all things to himself. The story of the Old Testament is of God promising and revealing the shape of the restoration. But by the resurrection of Jesus, we see the what? What is that restoration? Here he was, the first fruits of the restoration of the world. It was the future, but it was now. It wasn't a one-off hallucination or vision, It was 40 days of regular appearances because Jesus was demonstrating what it was to be a fully restored, resurrected human being. He was not a disembodied spirit floating around on clouds. He sat down and ate with them. He was more fully alive. Death had been reversed. The point is, before Saul became Paul, Jesus' resurrection was the great power and the pattern for the restoration. It's important for us because it means that Christianity is a new way. It's a different way. It's not the way we would build a religion. Call it even the third way. The first way is the way of irreligion. There have always been people who will say, Eh, religion, it's a bad thing, a superstitious thing. It's not for healthy, self-reliant grown-ups. It's for the weak-minded, gullible people who need a crutch that's the first way the way of irreligion but there's a second way it's called the way of religion you look at the world and you see its problems especially nowadays in a pandemic an economic disaster you look at yourself and you see you've got problems and so you find a faith that tries to make sense of life and you attach yourself And you do the teachings of that faith and follow the way of that religion. That's the way of religion. But the resurrection of Jesus opens a radically different and new way. In the death and resurrection of Jesus, God takes responsibility for you, for your suffering, even for your death. And in raising Jesus from the dead, God reverses death so that Christianity does not have to say, Run faster, try harder, do better. It says, trust him. He's done it. Christianity came out of Judaism, but it's not Judaism. It's the fulfillment of Judaism. It's not Greco-Roman religion. It's not spiritism. It's not philosophy. It's certainly not morality. It is God beginning the work of restoring the world to himself and showing us the what of resurrection in Jesus Christ through the resurrection. Tomorrow, we'll begin more to learn how this impacted a Jewish man. We'll learn more about Saul, who became Paul. And for you and me, our calling as we walk in the restoration footsteps of Paul will become more clear in light of that resurrection.
5: Who but Jesus loves the sinner? Who but Jesus calls him friend Reaches out to touch the leper Bids the weary come to him Who but Jesus loves the lowly Those the world has cast aside And with such scandalous compassion Makes a wretch his chosen bride Who but Jesus dwelt among us Called this broken world his home Took on flesh and pain and sorrow reaping what he did not sow He shared salvation With the thief He shared a cross All that we might share His riches Who but Christ Would give it all Who but Jesus Loves the sinner enough to give his life. Love too pure for men to merit. Grace too glorious to deny. Praise him now, my joy in living. Yes, in death my comfort rests in the Jesus loves this sinner, he alone is my righteousness. Who but Jesus
0: He is the God of every story, Laura's story, singing for us on Haven Today, Who But Jesus, at a program called In the Footsteps of Paul. It's hard to find television programming that is entertaining as well as educational, so when we saw David Suchet's In the Footsteps of Paul, I knew we needed to let you know about it. But you can't find it anywhere in North America. So that's why we worked out an exclusive relationship with the producers to offer you this documentary. It was originally produced for the BBC. And as you watch it, David Suchet will take you to places you can't visit today. Places where Paul visited, though, and where he planted the gospel. And if you're like me, as you watch it, you'll feel like you're on a bit of a vacation But even better, your faith will grow as you better appreciate what the spirit of the living God did through the Apostle Paul and is still doing today. I want to send you in the footsteps of Paul the DVD for your generous fiscal year-end gift to the ministry. We could really use your help to make our budget by June 30th. If Haven is a blessing to you, would you pray about being a blessing to us right now? And as our thanks will send you this DVD, just go to our website. Please do it right now. Watch the movie trailer we posted and then make your tax-deductible gift at haventoday.org, haventoday.org. And remember, we have the $100,000 challenge match in place, so please help us reach that goal. You can call us at 800-65-HAVEN, 800 800- 65 Haven. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow when again together we'll share the great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven today. For your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. One of the greatest phrases in all the Bible is only five words long. Such were some of you. It comes to us from the book of Corinthians. We know the Corinthian church was full of sinful characters, people who still struggled with deep sins. Yet Paul could speak to them in the past tense, idolaters, greedy, Adulterers, liars, haters of the Lord, such were some of you. In Christ, our sin doesn't define us, even if we continue to struggle after coming to Him by faith. We too can declare, such was I. But in Jesus Christ, I have been made into a new creation. So live your present in the past tense. Such were some of you. Read God's Word daily. Visit GetAnchor.com.